Well, you won't be surprised to know that people often spend more on their pets than on their own family. We love our animals and there is a huge pet industry. So whether you're in the pet industry or you want to get into the pet industry, or you just have a retail business that you want to flourish, then you do not want to miss this episode or this of the Scale or Fail show. Scale or Fail Show. I am your host, Allison Maslin. And on this show, my mission is to help you, the visionary, the dreamer, uh, make that path just a little bit easier and a lot more successful by bringing on amazing business experts to help you with the tools and the strategies and the inspiration you need to make it happen. And today is definitely one of those days. I am super, super excited. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am a dog mom and I just go loony for, for my dogs. And this is kind of the society we live in, right? You go to hotels and there's animals, you go to restaurants and there's animals. Well, there's a whole industry around that. Uh, but besides that, on this episode of Scale or Fail, you're going to learn some of the latest strategies for really building a successful business. So Candace Daniolo has been in the pet industry for over 16 years and has successfully translated her passion for pets into multiple million dollar businesses. Candace is a pro at turning obstacles into opportunities and has created step-by-step -step systems for every facet of pet businesses' unique challenges. She is the founder of Pet Boss Nation, a coaching and consulting community for pet businesses who want to increase profits through inventory planning, cash flow roadmaps, marketing, goal setting, and more. Her signature program, the Pet Boss Club, now has hundreds of members. She has been honored with the Pet Industry Women of the Year Award and is a 2018 Pet Age Women of Influence. She's also, um, she's the CEO of Dogaholics. Oh my God, these <laughs> names are just so freaking cute and creative. This is her doggy daycare in Chicago. She's a Pets Plus Magazine columnist. She's an on-camera personality. She's a conference speaker. I mean, this woman is rocking it in the pet industry. Uh, and she's also a dog mom, just like me. So Candace, welcome to the Scalar Fail Show. Hi, Allison. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> I am so glad you're here. And, you know, I've, I've been honored to work with you uh, in Pinnacle Global Network. We've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years and just seeing your business explode. You just had an amazing event helping so many people in your industry. It's yeah. truly, truly excited. It's exciting. So, um, you know, there are a lot of people that love animals, but then, you know, they don't know how to translate that into a business necessarily. How did you decide to turn your love of dogs into a full-fledged company? So when thinking back about Dogaholics, which is my consumer brand there in Chicago, 
I started that in 2006 and I was only, I guess I was turning 26 years old. I had been working for the last couple of years with my friend's pet business. And I really, what I really loved about the pet industry was that pets are like family and they are, um, you, you become part of the community when you have a pet business because you get to know the owner and the pet and the owner cares so much about their pet. So at the time, I really knew I wanted to get into business, and I might have like a different story, I think, than most people who get into the pet industry, but I got into it because I knew it was the industry that I wanted to work in. Now, if I look back, though, in my life, um, pets were always the one constant in my life. You know, I moved almost every single, every couple of years I moved, and by the time I was going to high school, I had already gone to nine, nine schools. And so friend, you know, this is pre-internet, pre-Facebook, pre-cell phones, you know. So uh, you made friends and you left them. And some of them I was able to be pen pals with, but most of my friends had to change every year, my human friends. <laughs> and and uh, the dogs and the family pets, the cats and everything, those were the only constant like friends throughout my life. So looking back, it makes sense that I fell into the pet industry and know the power of pets. But that well, you've already mentioned it, that the, the biggest um, hurdle, I think, is that, especially in the pet space, and that's why Pet Boss Nation was created, is because people get into it because they're passionate about their animal or they can't find a solution for what their, their need is in their area, whether it's about health and wellness or training, or they have their activities with their pet as a hobby outside of their other career and their current career is not fulfilling enough, so they want something more fulfilling, so they get into pet. So they're all driven by passion, and most of them don't know how to run a business. So then, you know, the struggle and overwhelm and all that. <laughs> all the things that come with entrepreneurship happen. Yes. And the thing is, the passion is, like, so important, right? That's what's going to get you through. But if you don't know the business side of it, you know, most businesses don't make it. And... And that's really where you come in, which is so awesome. So backing up, you had an amazing first year of business, right? And um, I remember that getting my first account in my ad agency, it was $10,000. I walked out with this order. I go, oh my God, this is so easy. And then it was like, you know, <laughs> pennies after that. Um, right. you, you did 600 600k but you also said that you made some big mistakes early on and what were those and how did you overcome them well um initially so i i picked a great location i was in a very you know so a dogaholics we sold collars and leashes and toys and all natural foods for pet parents right so it was the height of when Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie were all getting their little dogs and had their TV shows and having dogs uh, was becoming more popular and spoiling them was becoming even more popular. And this was pre-recession. So I, the, the good things I did is I picked a wonderful location. The, so there was a lot of foot traffic. Uh, if you have a brick and mortar or are thinking about it, I always pay for more higher rent and a better place. <laughs> always be where the people are. Because uh, our wallets are right outside that door. You don't have to do as much uh, advertising. So, so uh, I had a great location, which helped. Um, but I chose to open up um, only about 200 feet away from the very first pet boutique in Chicago. <laughs> and 
Um, she had great relationships and she had already been there for about 10 years before, maybe not 10, but close to 10 years before I was. So uh, that was my biggest hurdle was overcoming all of the challenges that she um, inflicted on me uh, in a sense. Uh, there's lots of good stories there, but what ended up happening as a result of that, and that's one of the first, first, um, my first experiences with turning obstacles into opportunities. Um, I went to a trade show and she basically bought out every vendor that um, I told them not to work with me. And she ended up canceling a lot of those orders. <laughs> but um, at the time I just wanted to buy inventory for my store and I was kept being told, no, we're not allowed to sell to you. And Oh my you know, God. They, all these vendors really wanted to be in her store. She was established. She had a good reputation at the time, you know, with them. And for me, I ended up having to, um, the, the opportunity piece to that is that I had to find brands and lines that were not in Chicago. I had to get more creative with what I brought in. And I, and I truly, what happened as a result of that obstacle and challenge is that people came into my store and were blown away. They hadn't seen, I had different things in every other store in town. I wasn't like all the other pet stores. So it ended up working to my advantage. So it your was burden a, was a blessing. Yes, my burden was a blessing. And that happened lots of times <laughs> because yeah. there has to be, I mean, the amount of things that we have to deal with, we have to, we have to find the lessons and we have to, we have to figure out how we're going to pivot and not just crumble right? How, how can we fix this and come out of it stronger? Yeah. I, you know, I was just doing an interview and we were talking about that and she said, you know, in your book, you say that, you know, it's all about resilience and it's true. I'm sure in your journey, Candace, there are many times that you could have just rolled up in a ball and <laughs> said, I'm done, you know? Uh, but I think when you have to figure it out, when you're forced to figure it out, you find all these new creative ideas that will take you even further than where you were before. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, now when was the point where you knew you had to scale what you were doing? And you know, we talk a lot about scaling on this yeah. show. Yeah, so I scaled too quickly and totally collapsed and crumbled. <laughs> Okay. okay. Let's then, talk about that because you can scale too quickly. Yes. I, and I, it was before I knew about you and Pinnacle <laughs> no, and, and Global Network. But so this was again in 2006, I started in 2000. So by 2007, I had hit my $600,000 in revenue. I got a loan. That was my, my estimate of my projections for that year were that I would hit that number. And we got a small business loan and um, off of guesses, right? Like, you know, our guesstimation of what we would do. So then I always envisioned Dogaholics having like maybe five locations and then I would sell it. That was a, what I envisioned. And I was 26 at this time, right? So I go get the loan. I'm, I got great numbers. A year later, I find another location that's exactly the neighborhood I originally wanted to be in. So my mom uh, also played a part in influencing this. And she said, well, Candace, you know, the bank gave you a loan off of these estimates. Now you have real numbers. I bet they'll give you a loan again for another location. So we got another loan, opened a second location, and then the recession happened. So, and they weren't lending any money, which, so again, a little bit of a blessing ahead of time. 
But the problem there is that everything, uh, my, my next move, I had to open a third location, but really out of necessity of having to move my retail store because of construction, but not being able to get out of my existing lease. And so we turned that obstacle into a new revenue opportunity of offering services and doggy daycare and training and dog walking. So by, in a three year period, I had three locations. I was 28 or 29 and I had about 30 employees and I had no systems or processes. <laughs> so it all started caving in very, very quickly. Wow. Yeah. So, I can see it. I, I just, I'm visualizing it, you know, a lot of growth and you're, you know, great risk taker. So all of those things, but at that time, of course it's changed now. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So I went through those, those hurdles. So my obstacles were I had all this debts from the banks. I had, you know, construction and employee issues. I was young. I hadn't found my voice as a leader. I was still figuring all of that out. So during all of that time, it was really, really challenging. And I thought everything, I thought we were, you know, I definitely thought at that point we were going to just shut it all down. Um, but I found my first uh, mentor and I hired my first consultant and I realized there were so many things I didn't know about business. Um, the passion was all there and the hustle was all there, but I, there were strategy wasn't there. And the, you know, the formulas to how to run specific types of businesses weren't there. So we then um, actually had to cut back. I had to close a location, change some things up to scale. And in the recession, and um, we did, so by the time of my rock bottom, I was doing 600,000 between the three businesses. So it really, really failed. And then um, in just a two year period within um, the recession, we got to our first time at seven figures. And I was able to take a six figure salary for the first time. So like once I started actually working on the, the right things that the business needed. Yeah. So like you, you, you know, you right, you turned it right side up and you, you know, sometimes you have to scale back to scale up mm -hmm. and you know, you got support. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, so many of you that are out there pulling your hair out, you're listening to this going, gosh, I wish I just had someone to help me. You know, you don't need to do it alone. And, uh, you know, so Candace has a coach, I have a coach, you know, even people that are super successful, it's just the smart thing to do because you're so close. You know, when yes. you were in that situation, right, emotionally, you're like, oh my God, you know, mm -hmm. it's overwhelming. It's hard to see that next best step. Yes, I think that is, you're exactly right. It's that emotionally, you are too close to the business and the, and the relationships and everything that's happening in the moment that you can't have that unemotional outsider's look at the situation of putting the puzzle back together, right? What do you think your biggest lesson was? If you look back at that time, like, you know, what, do you, what was the wisdom that came out of that? Uh, for, you know, well, there, there were a lot of lessons, but ultimately what has allowed me to now, you know, that I still have that business and I go there maybe once every 45 days <laughs> and I still take a six figure salary. So like it's, hey, it's that is awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what the ideal scenario. Right. So, you know, you've got your phases of business um, with jogaholics. I'm at five for sure yes, on that are. one. Pet Boss Nation, I feel like we're still, we're still in those startup phases, but, uh, 
But with this other business, what, what got me there was truly um, cleaning up systems and processes. And it's not about having the system and the process. It's about ensuring that everyone on your company knows what the plan is, knows what they're supposed to be doing, and just communicating regularly about what's going on. Uh, we had stopped communicating or we weren't communicating. I don't think we ever had a true clear path of communication. And so that was a big shift. We introduced a few tools, we started meeting consistently, and we all got on the same page about roles, responsibilities, and processes. And that was a game changer. And even now I can look at certain things when, when things get a little crazy over at the daycare, I can look back and go, well, to my manager, well, what did you do? Well, you didn't follow that process and you haven't looked at that that process in a while, you know, let's revisit it. And what's great for her in that moment is it gives her at least some, cause she's in the overwhelmed state, right? And so I can come in as a mentor to her and say, just reflect back on the work we have done. And sometimes there's changes that need to still be made, but uh, it, it at least is a roadmap still for her. There's some sort of a foundation still for her. And so um, that, that for me was, a, it didn't happen overnight, but it was, a, it was a game changer for me to be able to exit. Right. So don't fly by the seat of your pants, you know, really get those systems and processes and, and obviously build a good team. And look, you've been able to step away. There are most business owners, I would say, very high percentage, even if the store is doing well, they feel like they have to do everything. Mm -hmm. And that really chokes the growth and doesn't give you the opportunity to go build other things like you're doing with Pet Boss Nation. So... And what, so let's, let's move over to the Pet Boss Nation because that's super exciting. And so what, what led you to, to build this new um, community, really? And uh, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, sure. So Pet Boss Nation uh, has been an, kind of an evolution over the last, you know, two years. And it started out initially as I, I wanted to offer coaching and consulting and support to the pet industry because it it didn't exist in the it, ha, it didn't exist in the way that I felt like they needed the support. Okay, um, sure there are associations that have um, workshops or they get some people together, and there probably at the time were you know retail consultants who actually I mean I shouldn't say they're still there. There are retail consultants that are there or business mentors, but they haven't had their stores or they haven't had their physical business in you know, 30 years or more, right? <laughs> like yeah. times have changed. So when I exited my shop, now and I learned from a lot of them, but when I exited my business, because I sold my retail assets, so I guess we haven't talked about that piece. I sold the retail assets, um, for, I basically was able to name my price, sold the retail assets, and when I was no longer a competitor of people in my area, they were much more open with me about their struggles. And there were a lot of things that I knew that the systems and processes and things I did in my business that they weren't doing. And I was, you know, my eyes were wide open to, well, gosh, like they, 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 they again, get into it because they're passionate about it, but they don't know these things yet. So what ended up happening is there wasn't, there wasn't this support system that was there. And when I first launched, I had, I remember my first trade show, there were more people. I got, I got like 300 leads that came into that booth. I had a 10 by 10 foot booth on a place that's like eight, the size of 18 football fields. And I was the only consultant and I got all these leads. Most of them, you know, they, they couldn't afford it. They were ca having cash flow problems. They were 
some of them were in tears. They were all ready to give up. They're all burnt out. Like they're all working way too much in their business. And so I had made a big shift and I didn't want to do one-on-one coaching. I mean, I still, I do it, but it wasn't where we were going to go at that point. I was like, the need is much bigger than me. We have got to make a change. So I went back to the drawing board and I launched a, um, the pet boss club, which is our signature business coaching, um, kind of like a subscription program, right? So it's a, a really affordable pet industry professionals can come work with us to get the support, motivations, and strategies to just get them like either excited again or get them to have some wins, right? In a, in a community, in a very supportive place. And on the back end of that, I ended up running a, a free, I have a free Facebook group for the pet industry. And now I have a few of them, but the main one, we've got thousands of people come into it and find support. And as you mentioned earlier, I now am a, I'm a spokesperson for some things and I speak at trade shows, but what happens now when I, when I'm visiting or anywhere really where there's other pet industry people is they just come and say, thank you. Like, they're just like, whether they pay me or not, they just like, are like, thank you for speaking our language. Like you get us, you know, you, you're one of us. <laughs> and so I just love that because I, I want them to understand that even though, uh, you know, I've been at those rock bottom places, like they can, they can rise. Like it's all possible and they just have to find it within themselves. And so that's what we do in the community at Pet Boss Nation is we just really support each other. Yeah, that's, you know, it, it really is, you've got to surround yourself with other people that get you, you know, whatever it is you do. And then you see it's possible. It opens so many doors for you. And you see, oh, I see other people have these same challenges and they've been able to overcome them. Mm -hmm. there, there is such power in it. So. I love that you've created that. What do you think now that you've got, you are talking to all these business owners in the pet space, um, but you know, in general, I would say, whether you're in the pet space or you're in the staffing or construction, you know, a lot of business owners have, have some of the same challenges. What do you think are, is the biggest mistake that you see you know, repeated over and over? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, this was, I was thinking hard for a while about this question. I'm like, what's the one thing that I kind of see a lot? Um, you know, I, we came off of our first business retreat, Camp Pet Boss. And what was interesting about that even is that a lot of, it didn't matter how uh, young that business was or how long that person had been in business or how large or small, they really had this aha of getting back to the foundations and back to some of the basics of things that were missing from their business. Um, so when I say get back to the basics, I think that the, the biggest um, mistake people make is they do, they scale without the, they say yes to too many things. They scale or the, they, the business is coming, but they don't have the team to support it. Like, and then they feel out of control. And so getting, getting those foundational blocks in place as fast as you can so that you can, you know, scale, I guess, with the opportunity, right? <laughs> um, that, I mean, I know you, you know more, you wrote a book on it, so you, you know more about this, but that is, that is the biggest mistake right now is they are getting into things that they shouldn't be getting into. They're going mm -hmm. after shiny objects that they shouldn't be doing because they think it's going to save their business. When in reality, if they just got back to getting these things well, done well, then the money will come. Right. It's that FOMO, you know, fear of yeah. missing out. Like I should be doing this and that, but 
What about sales? You know, are you right. selling? Oh my gosh. I, they, I mean, I do. The people in my community, they're like, Candace, how do I, how do I grow my sales? I said, do you have a list? And they're like, yeah, we've got a list. I said, when was the last time you called even someone who buys from you? Not even someone who hasn't. Like when was the last time you checked in on an existing customer to see how they're doing and how you can just serve them? maybe six months ago <laughs> yeah. so or never <laughs> so and we don't you know it's right in front of you there is yeah. for business owners there's so much opportunity and so much money right there and like what you were saying there's people that want to buy from you you haven't talked to them in in a long time and you've already built that relationship mm -hmm. so um you know and that's what i i think that it's so important to get the support Mm -hmm. like what you do because you know sometimes people say well I can't afford it well you sort of can't afford not to you know you're already losing money because there's opportunities at your feet and you're not seeing them mm -hmm. the money is just going down the drain so um what are your top tips for you're you're in a very competitive industry the pet mm -hmm. industry is competitive it's big but there are a lot of people a lot of dog lovers right mm -hmm. and so how, what are your top tips for helping business owners in general, not just in the pet industry, mm -hmm. um, stand out? Be yeah, I, I have three, I have three things for you. Okay. <laughs> I think these three things have really helped me. So the first is, um, relationship building period, whether it's relationship building with your team or your neighboring businesses, your chamber of commerce, your landlord, your customers, um, people buy from people and especially in the pet industry or probably any other hobbyist kind of industry that you have a passion for you get into it because of that. And then, uh, I think as, as businesses, we forget that, uh, our business owners, we just forget that we, we still need to not just focus on that one thing and we need to work with the people that are around us and work on those relationships because in my I think, again, one of the ways that has helped me turn those obstacles into opportunities is because I had really good relationships. I had strategically kind of met certain people or, um, you know, maintained that relationship because I knew maybe down the road I would have to ask a favor, right? Yeah. <laughs> or I would need forgiveness or I would need, you know, even with a vendor, if, if uh, here's something with um, retailers, a lot of times they hate it when a customer comes in and wants them to price match the internet, Right. Yeah. But then our retailers really push back and give a hard time to the manufacturers and are difficult with the manufacturers. I'm like, well, you don't like it when your customer does that to you. So why are you being difficult with your manufacturer? Yeah. Because ultimately, right. what if that retailer maybe needs more terms extended or replacement products or and if they hurt that relationship because they were too worried about price, then they may not have that vendor to support them when they need the help. So exactly. So that's so relationship. relationships. Relationships. Two would be um, looking at their business from their customer's perspective. It's not, I mean, yes, there's customer service, but again, I often find when I'm working with businesses now is that when they wonder where their sales are or they wonder why they're not growing, one of the first things I do is we look at their policies that they put in place for their customers. You know, what's your return policy, sample policy, how are you going to read, you know, um, uh, out, I mean, hours of operation even, or how can your customer communicate with you? So, so look at your business from the policy standpoint of the customer's perspective. Are you easy to do business with? Um, because that's why the internet is winning. It's convenient. It's easy. It's instant. 
So that's the second one. Although there are some websites, there's, you can't even find a way to reach people. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> nuts. Yes, it does. It's funny that I, I first used to hate those chat boxes, but now the, the websites that have them, the instant chat, I love them now. And then, you know, um, I'm thinking now we actually should get one probably for my business. Uh, the third thing I learned a long, long time ago um, in retail, and I, it's always stuck with me. And I think, again, it works for any business, especially now in the digital age, is becoming a destination. Somehow you have to, especially in brick and mortar, well, I mean, well, not especially, but in brick and mortar, physically, it's easier to think about becoming a destination. So like at my pet store, we had one of the, we claimed to have the largest doggy bakery case in the Midwest. You know, so it became words we marketing words we use that would draw people in. Now it was a really large bakery case. Um, I always wanted to have like a topiary garden of topiary shaped like dogs outside the store again to become like a tourist destination and my shop just happened to be there. But um, that destination piece can really be anything if you're a subscription business or a coach or um, any service-based business, it's like, how are you going to wow people? What makes you special from your competitors? How are you different? Um, I mean, that, that will make a big impact if you're consistent in delivering it. Yeah, I, I, I love those. I mean, I love looking at it at, from the customer's perspective because I think you're looking at it from your own eyes. You could be so missing the mark, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, how do you stand out? Well, give value, like really be there and support them um, so that they not only stay with you, but they tell other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, well, this has been amazing, Candace. And I mean, we could go on and on and on. You are a wealth of experience here and um, give so much great value. Now you have a free gift that you're yes. giving. I'm giving away um, one of my best kept secrets. Just giving it to you guys for free. <laughs> this concept, uh, it's our, it's a PDF that's called 10K Weekend: Three Secret Strategies to Making Money Fast. And you, you know, again, it, it's heavily um, geared towards people with physical inventory. But if you don't have physical inventory, you should still download it and go through it because. Um, I, it, the concepts that are in it can be repurposed for any kind of business. So, um, and it did, I was in, I was in a, I was in one of those money cash flow hurt, hurt places. Like I didn't know how I was going to meet payroll, um, the next week I needed to come up with $20,000 out of the blue <laughs> and this promotion that I talk about in this book and some of the concepts helped me at least five, I found it about 14,000, I think, and in, in three, three days. And wow. Gosh, who doesn't want to download that? That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is though, I think a lot of people panic and go, Oh, I got to get a loan, but you can actually create sales. It's about being creative. Right. And, and that's you, Candace, you are yeah. <laughs> so creative and uh, love everything you're doing. So to get that download, go to our library, alisonmaslin.com forward slash library. And you can download this uh, amazing um, prosperity creator of yeah, cash uh, for your business. And you can also um, 
get all of Candace's information there. But also, Candace, people want to reach out to you or they want to learn more about Pet Boss Nation. How do they do that? Well, you can visit PetBossNation.com or feel free to just email me at Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E at PetBossNation.com. Fantastic. Well, this is awesome. And I love what you're doing in the pet world and uh, helping to take care of all of our awesome animals and animal lovers out there. Thanks. So they, they keep the love turning in, in our right. world. So if I, if I can keep the, the pet shops and the pet stores and the, the, the pet care providers who are caring for all these pets that are like family members for you, then we'll have better pet parents and better lives for the pets, right? It's a whole ecosystem. I love it. It's a fantastic mission and you are definitely making it happen. So thank you. Candy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for being with us here on the Scale or Fail show. And remember to grab my new Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Scale or Fail. If you haven't grabbed a copy, run out and get it or order it online. And uh, you can uh, find us, the Scale or Fail show, wherever podcasts are broadcast. We have the audio version. We have the video version. And remember to get out there and elevate yourself because you are worth it. Bye, everybody. People always talk about they want to be part of uh, seven-figure companies. I'm now part of seven, eight, and nine-figure companies. I've been introduced to some of the largest corporations, uh, Fortune 500 companies, and it's with Allison's help, she's kind of expanded my horizons and my capabilities. And I think that's the most important thing where she expands, she, she makes you know what you can do and be successful at that. Being with Allison and being able to learn who to hire and why to hire and how to develop a passionate, creative, inspired team was really, really important for me because I needed to shift some energy in my business. And I feel like with her help, I've really done that. Pinnacle helped me grow my company to where at this point, a year ago, I'm making a, I made a million more than I did at this point last year. So I really wanted to break that ceiling. I've hit that ceiling for several years in a row. And Pinnacle has helped me do that by implementing the thought, it's, it's actually just a thought process and how you view your company and how you view what you're doing. I think a lot of us entrepreneurs are hard on ourselves and are hard on our companies when it's not that, we shouldn't be that way. So I think it's just looking at things a little bit differently, um, putting into practice the systems that she teaches us. Uh, for example, if you want an example, um, putting people in place to where I want my business to be at in two, three years. So I've got people right now in place and it's wild. It's just like it's all the work is coming in and we're in place and we're not stressed out. And it's just amazing. It's just an amazing place to be. What I love most about being in the Pinnacle is constant access to support. So whether it be my mastermind group or the recorded resources that Allison has produced for us or the constantly cutting edge information that's coming to us on social media, Facebook ads, how to conduct webinars, I mean, you name it, we have a resource for it. So since joining Pinnacle, we've added 12 new positions to the company. We've increased revenue about 43%. We've increased profit by 111% um, this year. More importantly, I've gotten out of some roles 
um, that I was in, like QA manager and some of the marketing um, things that I was doing are now outsourced, or not outsourced, insourced to a, a team member. Um, and I've really focused in on running the business instead of letting it run me. Uh, coaching opportunities out there and a lot of times I'm, I'm a little bit suspicious. It's a kind of a sales job, you know, are they, are they in it for themselves, are they in it for me? And at no time have I ever felt with Pinnacle that my best interest was not number one priority. And it's truly an organization, and not just Allison and the coaches, but everyone there. It's a, coming from a, a place of giving and um, working for mutual benefit, a lot, a lot of sharing going on, and that's a, a great team to work with. Uh, right off the bat, I laid a foundation for my coaching practice, and I increased my prices, uh, and within one week I had signed two high-paying clients that had basically paid for my, co my coaching program with Allison, and since then um, my income has doubled every single month. It's been tremendous, but being a part of the community has been the greatest asset. I've been so fortunate and blessed to befriend so many other amazing entrepreneurs who I learn from on a regular basis, who always have my back, like-minded people that I surround myself with, and the environment is, is so positive. I just cannot speak highly enough of it, and I am always compelled to share it with everyone I know. I feel it is the biggest gift to introduce and share this opportunity to connect with this kind of community uh, with everybody that I know. Don't be the company like I was, being in business for over 12 years, looking back and saying, what did I do in the last 10 years? Do it now. Now is all we have. We don't have the past and we don't have the future. All we have is now. I've been in business for 21 years now, and I've worked with a number of business coaches. And I watched Allison for four years, and the results that her clients had when they worked with her, and I finally decided this is the next coach that I'm gonna hire because she is the real deal. She is available to her people. She absolutely cares deeply about each and every individual and the success of their business. And you know what? We have to, in business, take risks. And sometimes taking risk is hiring that new coach. This is a risk worth taking. There is nothing like it. I can't even explain um, what the opportunity and the learning um, that comes with Pinnacle. Don't even think about it, because if you think about it, that's the number one thing that will hold you back. Just do it. You won't regret it. You just need to do it. I mean, you have to stop being on the fence. You have to get off the, the, the fence is boring. The fence is honestly, I was on the fence for, oh gosh, I was on the fence for maybe two years. And it was a horrible fence to sit on. I hated the fence because the fence kept me stuck. And it was when I finally jumped off the fence that my business skyrocketed.